1: Hello there, good morning and welcome to another Irish Examiner Paper Talk Sports Podcast. Only one place to begin on this bright and beautiful Monday morning and that's Croke Park and an incredible Allianz Football League Division 1 final between Kerry and Dublin. Kerry victorious, uh, not just winning their 20th Alliance National League title but also breaking Dublin's incredible Streak of games without defeat. John Fogarty, the Irish Examiner's GA correspondent, was at GA headquarters, and uh, John, did anyone see that result coming? I don't think they did, and if they if they did, fair play to them because uh, they're in the
0: minority column. I think most, if not everyone, had anticipated Dublin were going to win this game. Um, certainly, when you look at the two lineups, um, even with the late changes that Kerry made. Uh, you still fancied Dublin to win and to win handsomely, but it says a lot about Raymond Fitzmaurice uh, and the management team that they have there at the moment that they are able to produce these performances and, and now this result, when clearly on paper, um, man for man, Dublin looked a superior team. But you know, Oshie McConville makes a very good point in the in the paper today that. Perhaps winning has made Dublin a little bit soft. Uh, Kerry looked a hunger team, and if had they been denied uh, a victory there, it, it would have been, you could say, unjust in a way. But then again, we have seen Dublin manage to steal uh, results in recent times where they haven't been um, playing at full capacity. And they didn't play, obviously, they didn't play at full capacity yesterday. And there's still so many... Players to come into this Kerry team, into this Dublin team, that we could be talking, you know, by if now all going well for both teams, they will play in an All Ireland final, um, and if that comes about, then you would imagine that maybe two thirds of each team will survive for first for, for September from the teams that started yesterday. But um, it, it, it's the kind of result that Dublin might be thankful for uh, down the line because it, it's going to certainly renew hunger and renew appetite as much as they will have argued themselves that they didn't need that. But clearly, on the basis of yesterday anyway, that there was something missing, and, and, and Kerry, fair play to them, exploited it.
1: OK, we'll come back to that point in a moment, John. But you mentioned Osheen McConville there, and a very interesting column in today's Irish Examiner. The standout quote, it is the headline, of course. Kerry would be comfortable in Ulster. What did he mean by that?
0: Yep, yeah, just speaking to him about it... Um, his, his argument is that, like, and we had it's it's almost typical of uh the Fitzmaurice era that they've been cutting their cloth um, accordingly. But they have to play in a different way, and it's not just as a respect to Dublin or anything like that. But the fact that they have no guy on the half hour line, the playmaker. Although I did see, I there were elements of it yesterday where Paul Murphy was. Dinking in some lovely ball into the to the inside line, but for the most part they had to work the ball up to Paul Ganey and um, you know without the Cullum Cooper, without the Declan O'Sullivan that uh, O'Shane was referring to, certainly Dublin have that guy in Dermot Connolly, albeit he only lasted so long on the pitch yesterday. But um is making the argument that yes. Kerry uh, have to play in a different way and uh, in, a, in a more workman-like way to, than what we've known them before and it, as I said to you this is going back to certainly going back to 2014 you know as much as you know the, uh, obviously Cooper wasn't playing that year because of the injury but um, James O'Donoghue we saw coming out and playing, having to play that type of playmaker for one reason and another one reason that he probably would have been completely consumed inside in that inside line but the second reason being that Polgany inside, you know, is is an excellent footballer, and is you know, in my opinion now, is the most efficient forward in the country. Like every time he gets the ball, he seems to be doing something with it. But O'Donoghue was brought out that day, clearly because they needed somebody on the half forward line to pull the strings. Kerry don't have that player at the moment, and it might be a year or two before they have one. Again, who is sufficient enough to, to to supply that line? So they have to go. Um, they have to find different ways and means to get that ball inside there. And uh, you know, you're seeing the charge of the light brigade at times there for them. They were on rushing, it, it, certainly in that third quarter. I thought it was very interesting on league Sunday last night that Kieran Whelan was picking up on. How Kerry targeted that period, he felt that they targeted that, that period and to to go at to, to go at Dublin uh, man on man, whereas they were a little bit more zonal in the first half. Um, but uh, yeah, but it's very interesting. Like as McConville says himself, Colin, he doesn't think Kerry supporters are going to thank him for that sort of analogy um, that they would do very well in Ulster. But it is a compliment, and uh, it should be taken as that.
1: Okay, just back to O'Sheen's column, which is a very impressive piece uh, today. He zones in as well on Dermot Connolly, and he's black card early in the game. I know it's only April. I know you know we've had disciplinary issues with Dermot Connolly before, but is there a sense that he could be a liability now to to Jim Gavin and to Dublin?
0: Well, first of all, he's he's walking on thin ice now because one more black card and he'll be suspended. Um, that will be a concern. Um, you know, he has obviously two black cards, another black card, and it's a one-match ban. Um, it's become perhaps too much of a, an occurrence over the last while he picked up a black card for Vincent in the Leinster Championship, as McConville pointed out, but he also picked one up um, against Donegal uh, last August. So, you know, this is there is form here, and Connolly is undeniably talented as he is. Um, there has to be a couple of words um, had with him at this moment in time because he he's not doing his talents any justice in that regard. Like obviously he was he was an immense uh, player for them last season. You know some would argue that he should have been included in the in the shortlist uh, in the shortlist for, uh, for for player of the year. But um, uh, he, he's not helping himself at this moment in time. And like it was so silly what he did with, with Crowley. Um, obviously you know he was trying to get an advantage there. Uh, there was one uh former player in the in the press box yesterday who suggested that it wasn't a a black card offence because it was so far off the ball. But obviously anything that goes on on the pitch, you, you know, when you do something like that and, and reef a guy down from the from the collar um, to gain an advantage is a black card offence and it, it's not helping Connolly and we all know there is this element to to his game but um, we want to see more of the skills and, and obviously like jeez he did something fantastic early on in that game yesterday um, he threw the eyes completely deceived to carry the and um, putting a ball in for Dean Rock uh, from which they they, they they got a score from uh, Connie had taken a free um, he has he has everything but he is you could argue the Ronnie O'Sullivan of Gaelic football at the moment we all know that he could be the best but the question is does he want to be the best
1: OK, nice uh, nice analogy there. Let's go back to uh, Eamon Fitzmaurice's press conference last week, talking about the, the cynicism and the undercurrent between the two sides. You were at the game in Tralee three weeks ago in Austin Stack Park, and we saw plenty of stuff on and off the ball in that game. How did this one compare in terms of that nastiness, shall we say?
0: Well, certainly up to the what was it, 25th or the 26th minute. There was nothing to report. It was what had been written and said during the week. You know, that there was a, a, quite an incredible build-up to the game. Um, I'm sure it would, uh, what Eamon Fitzmaurice's comments about the narrative and what have you would have added uh, a few hundred, if not a, a couple of thousand, to the gate in Crow Park. But um, we saw nothing of it in the first 25, 26 minutes. There was hardly any cynicism. Kerry weren't winning frees. Dublin were winning plenty of them. But, um, you know, that that... That changed towards the end, and it, it. Although Kerry did give away a lot of frees, um, Dublin's discipline uh, at the start of the second half left a lot to be desired. But the, in terms of the cynicism, whatever you know, we saw the black cards. Obviously, you know it was a cynical tackle, whatever about a black card, it was certainly a certain cynical tackle by Jonathan Nine on um, on Connolly uh, before Connolly got his own black card for what was a, an out and out black card on them. Um, on Gavin Crowley, but um, you know we saw a little bit of a spat there between Donica Walsh and James McCarthy towards the end of the first half, and that wasn't very uh, pretty. And uh, that seemed to, that definitely harked back to the the, the the nastiness that we saw in Tralee And you know Walsh already has a ban this year, and you know if the CCCC decide to have a look at that, he could be in a bit of difficulty. But then James McCarthy was no, you know he 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 was probably. The instigator there, and himself and Walsh had a bit of an incident later on in the game as well. Um, so it remains to be seen, you know, if if there's going to be anything further out of this game. But um, on on the basis of what the CCCC have done in the past, yeah, there, there probably will be. But other than that, you know, there was the two penalty claims. Um, McMahon's one was a very borderline one, and you can understand why. It probably wasn't given as much as he dived in. The Dean Rock one looked like a penalty call in my book anyway. Um, Mark Griffin was fortunate there. You know, some might argue that the two the penalty calls because not, neither were given cancelled each other out. But you know, two two negatives or whatever you may call it don't make a right there or don't make a positive. But compared to Tully, it was. Uh, it was, a, it was a day in the park, really. What, what happened, to Lee was, was, was quite uh, was quite significant in, in many ways, and, 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 but, and wasn't and wasn't and really wasn't covered properly by some of the analysis afterwards. But um, I, I think the you know the, the newspapers did give it that respect in that regard um, that mm. there was so much going on, on on both on and off the ball.
1: But how much do you think that was due to Eamon Fitzmaurice's comments during the week, almost? marking the card for for officials and for Dublin as well Possibly
0: yeah Possibly they Cullen. call him but you know if it's Mars can only do this the once he can't do this again and, you know he just won't have the same um, punch um, the next time yeah. so if you know if he's not happy with the narrative before Dublin Kerry seen in an All-Ireland final this year I wonder just how much of an impact he will have at that stage, you know. But clearly, he felt enough was enough this week, and um, you know, I, I made the point last week that Jim Gavin hasn't been able to separate um, the likes of Daryl O'Shea from the Kerry management team. He, he he basically categorizes all Kerry comment into the, in in the in the one um, in the one column. Um, you know, can Stephen Rochford now feel the same? Can Eamon Fa- Fitzmaurice feel the same when a former Dublin player is saying something? Because you know there was a couple of occasions there last year. Certainly, definitely one occasion where I felt that um, the comments from one former player were were aligned to what was um, being um, said, certainly in private uh, by the Dublin management group. So it remains to be seen just what impact Fitzmaurice will have if he decides to go down this route again um, he will hope that he doesn't have to but as he said himself yesterday it was, it was mission accomplished um, he, he, he wanted to create a debate and he certainly did that
1: okay psychologically a huge boost for, for Kerry going into the championship uh, given uh, Fitzmaurice's record against Dublin but is there a lingering fear that it was a case of maybe showing too much too soon in the year
0: I don't think so. Um, I think Daryl Kenage said it on, on on Friday on News Talk that um, you know Kerry had shown in that three league game that they're finding out a little bit more about how to handle this Dublin team, and we saw even more of it there yesterday. Um, and, and yet, as I as I say, as I say, call them um, Darren Sullivan, James O'Donoghue, Shane Enright, Killian Young, um, Johnny Buckley. These guys all still have to come in, and then you're thinking of the under 21s as well. So there's a there's an incredible headache, and a good headache ahead of him if it's Mars, just as there is for Jim Gavin, because he has the likes of Colin Callahan still to come in, Jack McCaffrey obviously, Johnny Cooper had a hamstring injury there yesterday. So I think it was a game that could be a, a, a significant. It, it was an end in many ways. As as I say, said in the piece, in today's paper, because um, it certainly ends Dublin's um, unbeaten run, but it also gives them renewed appetite. Now they will go in certainly, and um, they will go be going in from scratch, and they will be going in with a hunger. You could see them not that they were seething or anything like that, but they would have been very disappointed with themselves afterwards. As I saw them on the pitch, and um, you could see when the camera was close up to them, you could see that you know this didn't sit well with them, but at the same time it could be a, a huge blessing in disguise. I, I think Kerry had to you know, Kerry could go out and do whatever they wanted to do. Fitzmaurice is is, the, is that good a tactician um, that he will be able to come up with something new should they these two face each other again down the line. Um, the one thing about it was yesterday that Fitzmaurice didn't go to his bench as early as he has been forced to in the past and it's the one thing that still hangs over Fitzmaurice's use of the bench over the last while he you know, obviously he had Kieran Donahue there yesterday he decided not to bring him in the, you know when I question or when people question Fitzmaurice about his use of the bench obviously Paul Ganey comes to mind but at this moment in time Paul Ganey is, is completely undroppable you know or undroppable isn't the word he has to be playing the 70 plus minutes because he is just a fabulous finisher and that has to be, uh, that has to be acknowledged
1: Ok very quickly let's run through the uh, other three finals which were played in Croke Park Over the weekend, Uh, let's start with Galway. Hard to believe, John, and maybe you know the answer. Sixteen years without a win in Crow Park for Galway, uh, making it very sweet though to uh, claim a title uh, when defeating Kildare in the Division Two decider.
0: Yeah, um, like there were two teams called that didn't have that a very poor Crow Park record going into this one, and uh, um, I see. Keane O'Neill was mentioning that Kildare had nerves going into the game. You know, at one stage in the second half there, and it really took off in the second half because the first half was just turgid, really poor football, Um, really awful stuff. Now, and you know, (laughs) you know, it it, it, it just highlighted the the gulf that is there between Division One and Division Two. And I, I mentioned on Twitter yesterday that these two teams will do well not to be imposters. Um, in in the in Division One next year, and certainly, uh, you know, they will have to do a lot if they don't want to be like Kevin and Ross coming and and go down just as quickly as they went up. Um, but it's, it's, you got to give credit to Galway. Obviously, there was baggage there, and and the fact that you know there's sixteen years going back to two thousand and one, like. It's not to say that they haven't performed. Like you know, they've given good accounts to themselves against Kerry in the league and and the championship, but they just haven't been able to get over the line. And it's obviously the provincial championship last year would have meant a huge amount to them. And you know, you look at the likes of the guys who they brought off the bench yesterday. Um, Lundy obviously is a is a, a super footballer. Bradshaw, proven footballer. Daly and Comer. Comer. Obviously, would be a starter on any day if he is, you know, his his injury wasn't, uh, you know, if his injury wasn't as bad as it was. But he was still able to make an influence. And um, young Daly, there, Val uh, Daly's son, is is quite impressive too. They they def- they have depth, but they they're still in a development period. It's obvious about that because they don't they don't have that um, that killer instinct, which is more or less the, the 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 last piece of the puzzle for any team that is on its way up and. Um, you know they did. They, they deserved it. They they deserved it uh, big time as much as as I said. Kildare looked at stages in that second half there where they, they were going to go away. But um, again, it was the bench that made the difference for Galway uh,
1: in Division Three. Tipperary defeating Louth and a lot of naysayers, I suppose, saying Tipperary were one season wonders after their heroics last year uh, and against stuttering and stumbling through the league that fantastic win away to Armagh last week and, and now defeating Leith in Louth, should I say, in, in, in Croke Park. An incredible story.
0: Yeah, um, the one thing that Tipperary really have that most Division 3 teams, even some Division 2 teams, don't have Cullen, is, is two fantastic inside forwards Like Quinlan obviously can come out and play that Michael Murphy type of role around midfield and, and go inside as well. But Sweeney... Was was excellent again there, and he's such a dangerous guy inside. But that, that, that height that they have uh, um, is not is not. I can't see a parallel in too many teams, and it's going to cause difficulties. And certainly, I would imagine it's going to you know providing Cork go through that. Um, it's going to cause uh, Pateri a, a a bit of consternation, or certainly a, a bit of uh, a thought will have to go in and how to curb those a couple of guys because when they're in form, they're banging form. Um, and and then you have the guys around the middle. Obviously, Peter Atchison is missed, but young Jack Kennedy is is coming along, and O'Halloran is a is a fine free taker, and is adding more and more. Like he's still a young guy, he's he's adding more from general play, and, and Brian Fox and, and, and Josh Keane on the wings. Those those are two very impressive guys this is still a very young side that Tipperary have and you know they, they might argue yeah we stumbled into a we were very fortunate to, to, to go to, to run into this uh, league final or even to be promoted but um, they took it with two hands on, on Saturday like I watched the game and I was very impressed but obviously the the pace of the game was quite pedestrian at times but Anytime they attacked, allowed at the wings, they, they they seem to get something from it, and uh, um, they're going to be a, a match for most people in Division Two. Like you know, they, like promotion is nothing new to them. They, they obviously they got promoted to Division Two before from Division Four consecutively under. Um, under um, John Evans, uh, under John Evans, absolutely. But uh, the this is a this is a more mature Tipperary team. As, uh, although they're obviously young, but the, the likes of Carter's back there, Campbell, those are proven guys and. And and Robbie Kiley again seems to have got over like obviously that would have taken a lot to get over what happened to him last year in the in the black card whatever way you may think about it was against Mayo, but um yeah they're they're, they're coming on strong and they and, and and their full value uh, uh, f- for that victory as much as they'll be the first to say themselves that uh, promotion was probably a bonus considering where they were going into the final stages against Armagh and Athletic Grounds.
1: And uh, finally, John, then uh, Wexford beaten by Westmead and and like louth they were the the pace setters in their division they were the first to to secure promotion and then it it, it ends in a disappointing fashion by losing the final were were you surprised that Westmeath claimed the spoils on Saturday?
0: Um, Not surprised that Westmeath won Cullen but probably in the manner that they did because uh, Wexford obviously you know Banty will probably argue that listen we did our bit when we were the first to be promoted after five games they won the first five games but all of their victories, certainly four of them anyway, were all by tight margins. Whereas mess Westmead, after their early hiccup against them, um, Carlo with that draw, seemed to um, seemed to be pushing th- uh, pushing teams aside with with real ease and um. Obviously, they they have a lot more experience of Crow Park than this Wexford team at the moment. They know how to win there. They've been to two Leinster finals over the last couple of years. So when they were going to get there, I did fancy them. I just didn't fancy them to win as well as they did. But Heslin, obviously, like if you're talking about the Division 3 and Division 4, if Michael Quinlevin and Conor Sweeney are the best players, uh, performing in division three then John John Hislund is certainly the best guy to coming out of division four and he's not a guy that deserves to be playing in division four. He's just a he's a leader of men and, and and the score totals that he's been putting up have been incredible. And again he was to the four there at the at the weekend scoring eight points. Yeah, there's there's a bit of work to do for Wexford now. They know themselves that um I think they have Carlo and if they win that then they face Dublin which, you know, is a huge carrot and one that James McAnee was will, will certainly um Will, 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 will certainly wet his appetite but they, they still have a, plenty of work to do because they're still um they're they're, they're, they're they're not getting uh they're not getting past teams as 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 much as westmead they don't look as um dangerous as westmead um certainly going forward and uh, obviously there was um a, a gulf between the two teams two teams there at the weekend but again you know mccanini Will have eyes, I would imagine, as soon as they won their five games and learn and promotion, he was already looking forward to the championship. Um, certainly with the two teams that he named in the last couple of games, you know he he was taking thing, things easy. Um, he, he will just, he, he'll get so excited about the uh, the possibility of facing Dublin, and that's certainly in, in, in his mind now, but Westmead definitely look like they are, uh, outside of Kildare and possibly Mead anyway, the, the team that are going to give and I won't say Dublin much difficulty, but certainly they're 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 definitely below them perhaps fourth or third in the ranking behind Dublin at the moment
1: And our thanks to the Irish Examiner's John Fogarty for his input as always. That's it for this week's Irish Examiner Paper Talk Podcast. Thanks indeed for your company. And don't forget you can check us out on iTunes, on SoundCloud, and on the Irish Examiner's website, wwwirishexaminercom forward slash paper talk